Hey y'all, we've got kind of a heavy episode ahead of us, so we just want to drop a few content notes before the episode to let you know a little bit what to expect. Um, the episode includes mentions of consensually role-playing as a little girl or a little boy, daddy, mommy, or siblings, incest role-play and actual incest, child abuse, adult baby role-play and diapers, teenage sex, consensual and non-consensual bullying, non-consensual spanking, student and teacher role-plays, coerced sex, prison, homophobia, and homophobic slurs, drunk sex, high sex, and rape fantasies. So if any of that stuff you think is going to be really hard for you, feel free to bow out, come back to us next week. That's totally fine. You take care of yourselves. All right, babes? Welcome to the Dildork, Storky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and I sometimes roleplay as a little girl during sex. And I'm also, I'm very sorry I sound like this. <laughs> Who are you, friend? <laughs> I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I am quite literally, and in roleplays, a pubescent boy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wow, we started with some taboo shit right off the top. It's, I know. it's only going to get worse from here. Um, <laughs> or better, depending better, on who yeah, you are. It, really, it depends on your worldview, I suppose. <laughs> I'm here uh, for the taboo shit. Yeah, me too. Hashtag taboo. Um, yeah, so we're talking about age play today, which is a touchy subject for many for very good reasons. Um, and if that's going to be a troubling or triggering thing for you, uh, I would encourage you to skip this episode and take care of yourself. Um, I think that that is super important with kinks is being able to opt out of things that are going to make you feel things you don't want to feel. So yeah, that said, Bex, what is age play? (laughs) Um, Age play is role-playing as someone a different age than you are. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not always incest role-play, but it can be. Um, Mm -hmm. It is not always ABDL, or uh, you're not actually always role-playing someone younger. I've seen age play where uh, people are role-playing as older than they normally are. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not incest role-play, and it's not actual incest either. Um, it's not actual child abuse either. Uh, kinks are kinks because everyone can and does consent involved. Um, Right. Right. Like, when someone spanks me in a kink scene, it's, it's no more abuse than age play is abuse. Like, it's, it's always something, uh, that you've signed on to do and negotiated and, um, consented to. and, And that's kind of the whole crux of the thing. And it's not a substitute for pedophilia. Like, it's not people who are like, well, this is the next closest thing. Like, I mean, it's more, I think, about the taboo and about what the uh, different ages you're playing as mean. And we'll talk more about that, I think, later. Yeah. Interestingly, like, I I often am in roleplay scenarios where I'm playing a little girl and I get called little girl or little one or names like that. But... um, 
every partner I've ever had who I had that dynamic with has been squicked out by words like daughter that are maybe a little too literal and are not actually what we're going for. And I find it interesting that like both of us get turned off by language like that, because as soon as you invoke that literal familial dynamic, it somehow isn't what I want, even though everything else we're doing is kind of implying that. And um, yeah, although like incest is its own kink and is a separate, but sometimes related thing. Um, Yeah, I do a lot of or I have a lot of uh, incest roleplay stuff that, like, I'm into, but I don't do a lot of roleplay with it because it's squicked a lot of my partners as well. Mm-hmm. Last night, I was talking to my boyfriend, who is also my daddy dom, and um, we realized as we were talking on the phone that we were both wearing black sweatpants. So I said, twinsies. And he was like, you know, sometimes I want to say twinsies when we are doing the same thing, but it makes me feel weird. Like, you're going to think that's a weird thing for me to say. And I was like, oh, yeah, because nothing we do is, like, at all similar to incest ever. That would be weird. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, I think most of, interestingly, actually, most of my, like, incest stuff is more older brother than it is, like, daddy boy. Occasionally, Mm -hmm. uh, daddy boy stuff, I actually am, like... I have incest fantasies around that, um, but Mm -hmm. usually daddy boy is more like a leather dynamic thing when I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I'm thinking about like incest stuff, it's more like older brother and that kind of thing. Right. It's it's interesting to me that these kinks are still thought of as relatively taboo and uncommon. But if you actually look at stats like the Pornhub data that they do every year and stuff like that, uh, search terms like stepmom, stepdaughter, stepsister almost always top the charts the past few years. Like, they're very, very, very popular. And I think it's largely because of the taboo dynamic. Um, I don't think that there's necessarily a a great quantity of people who are specifically into incest as a kink, but more so the idea of, like, having sex with someone you're not supposed to have sex with and and there being, you know, like, a power imbalance in play there, which obviously those those two things come into play in a lot of different kinks in lots of different ways. Yeah, I think... um for me, it's a little bit about the taboo, but more about the mentorship position that that person has and the trust mm-hmm. that they inherently get by mm-hmm. being a family member or someone that's like a part of your life or whatever. And a lot of my feelings around uh, age play stuff is corruption of innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can really play with that when you're someone that a person is taught to trust, which is why it's so, like, horrifying in real life. Um, Yeah. But one of the tricks of roleplay is stepping into characters that inherently have the traits that you find hot. That level of trust or um, that level of control is kind of inherent in those archetypes, and I think that's more what I'm into than, like... Mm -hmm actually being into a relative yes yes totally and i also think it's important to note that age play does not inherently have to involve taboo dynamics like a favorite example of mine that i've heard a couple times is like an older couple if they were to role play and pretend that they were teenagers on their first date Um, maybe that would be exciting for them. Maybe it would invoke an earlier stage of their relationship or something. And that's technically age play because they're playing an age that they are not um, and deriving 
kink and sexual enjoyment from that but like it doesn't have to be a familial thing or a taboo thing there are so many different ways you can play with uh age play oh absolutely i do a lot of um like i was saying when i role play i tend to be in like the 14 to 17 year old boy like age range is where i tend Mm -hmm. to float around and play and the thing is like we have kind of ideas of what those developmental stages look like, but I think it's sometimes hard to really pin down an age. And mm-hmm. also, like, we're grown-ups pretending to be those ages, so w- our perceptions are a little warped about what those yeah. ages actually look like. But one of the things I go to a lot is, like, bully role plays, like high school mm-hmm. bully, that kind of thing. So that is actually where more of my age play kinks and feelings are and it just kind of overlaps into the incest stuff when like an older brother can also be a bully um Mm -hmm. and just has that added level of trust and that added ability to kind of corrupt someone with that you need to do this oh well okay Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i think it's interesting you bring up sort of childhood trauma stuff like bullying because i know a lot of people who are into age play and find it healing um, with regards to actual traumas they experienced during their childhood, which, you know, there's there's caveats as always, which is like kink can be therapeutic, but it is not therapy. Um, it is not a substitute for therapy. And also like, of course, there's always going to be people who experience trauma who like don't want to go near it or don't want to play with it in this way. Um, but then there are people who do want to kind of get into it in a kink head space and maybe work through it. And um, I've definitely experienced things in my childhood that like, I don't know that I would call them trauma, but they were maybe like lowercase t traumatic and um, working through some of that stuff in like a daddy dom little girl dynamic has been really helpful for me because it's sort of like being able to reclaim a touch that at the time was not consensual and not negotiated, um, but, but now can be. I was not uh, sexually abused as a child in the way that we would typically think of that term being used, but I was non-consensually spanked a bunch, which, um, as Jillian Keenan has written a lot about, if you have a spanking kink or a spanking fetish and you get non-consensually spanked, you can experience that as a sexual assault. And um, that's not great. Uh, And that's part of why I and many other folks are against uh, the spanking of children, because it is uh, violent and also could be experienced as sexual assault by that person. But anyway, all this to say, um, receiving consensual spankings from someone who is maybe playing the role of the person who did indeed spank me, which was my dad... um, we have so much uh, shame and stigma about the idea of like, quote, daddy issues giving you your kinks. But in my case, my daddy issues didn't give me my kinks. Um, I have those two things separate from each other. But doing some of the kink activities can in some ways help me work through those issues, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about the taboo stuff associated with these kinks. But like, have you ever personally like grappled with guilt or shame about playing with these dynamics not not super intensely um Mm -hmm. just those weird moments where i remember that i have a father and brothers um and then i'm like oh Mm." (laughs) Um, because what is a little unsettling is those words mean things 
So they're yeah. sorted in different places <laughs> in my mind. Right. And like, I never called my dad daddy, which is helpful. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. But like, you hear the word brother and my first thought is of my brothers. So I'm like, wait, right. so I have to, when I recategorize that in a kink aspect, it means entirely different things. Um, mm-hmm. But the moments when those words overlap in my brain is really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, I'm never thinking about my literal dad in a kink scene unless right. he, for some reason, pops into my head accidentally, like you're describing. But yeah. there are ways that, like, those wires kind of cross. Like, I've occasionally had, like, dreams where my dad is, like, doing vaguely daddy-dom shit. Um, nothing too intense, thank goodness, because I don't think I would <laughs> be able to get over that very quickly. But, um yeah, it's it's interesting how brains will do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's the only time I've ever... Like, shame stuff I've been mostly okay with. Um, mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I do also have some complicated feelings about... Because I don't have childhood traumas, but uh, other people in my family do. Um, mm-hmm. And so that also feels uh, vaguely uncomfortable, just knowing that, like, being so close to people who have had serious trauma around childhood stuff um and sometimes that will bring up some complicated feelings as well um Mm -hmm. because i know that this would be really problematic for those people to know about yeah absolutely there's been a lot of discourse in our communities recently about kind of the debate of like whether you should even do this kind of play or whether you should talk about it if you do do it because um there's an argument to be made that like anyone hearing about these kinks who has been through this sort of trauma could be triggered by it and that it's um offensive to them and also like delegitimizes or devalues what they went through and like I see that point um but I personally really really struggle with the idea that like um, we just shouldn't do a thing or shouldn't talk about a thing if it's a thing people are going to do anyway. Because, um, like, as we've seen, like, there are lots of folks with traumas and without traumas who are drawn to age play for reasons that may be kind of, like, hardwired into their sexuality. And I really don't think it's ever useful to be like, well, you have this kink, but, like, you can never do it or never talk about it. Like, we've seen how harmful that can be uh, when people try to suppress stuff like that. And, like if you are going to do age play, there should be resources available to you on how to do that safely, physically, emotionally, and otherwise. Um, And there should be models available to you for different ways people are doing that so that you don't feel alone, so that you don't um, do something that could hurt you or your partners. Um, So yeah, I really, I just don't think it's fair or, or wise to be like, don't do or talk about this kink because it might be hurtful to some people because I think it could also uh, avoid harm for a lot of people to talk about those things. And I think what it ultimately comes down to is like, in order for us all to be respectful of each other and each other's experiences and stuff, content creators have to put trigger warnings on their stuff if they're talking about taboo things that could be problematic for some people like this. And we, if we, if you know that you have a trigger or something, you have to like pay attention to those warnings and take care of yourself accordingly. Um, I think that we all have a responsibility to do those two things to the extent that we're able so that people can talk about things in a way that's helpful for them and others while avoiding harm for people who would be harmed by those things as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. 
Alright, so I think we've exhausted all, like, the serious stuff around this. Let's talk a little bit about, like, why it's hot and what you really enjoy about age play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so interesting to me that I've only come to this in the past, like, two or three years. I meant come to this as in, like, arrived at this kink and not come while thinking about this kink. But, I mean, both, really. Um, <laughs> because, like... The DDLG, which is Daddy Dom Little Girl thing, is like, I consider it so central to my kinks, and it's kind of the lens through which I view all of my DS stuff uh, for the most part these days, so it's it's so weird that it's so recent. But So, I'm a submissive, but I uh, had never really seen submissives uh, in media representations of kink who reminded me of the way I experienced my submission. Um, so many media representations of submission and dominance show, like, a mean dominant who's, like, punishing the submissive and, like, torturing them or withholding things from them or just, like, generally being, like, haughty and mean, um, which is really not ever what I've been into. Like, I can, like, take a little bit of that on occasion. If I need discipline for whatever reason, like, I can deal with that, but, um, for the, most, for the most part, what I really enjoy about DS is um, feeling nurtured and taken care of. Um, I like feeling smaller than my partner physically and psychologically, but like mostly psychologically. Um, I like feeling like they're watching out for me and taking care of my best interests. And uh, I find that all of that can fit really neatly into this daddy-dom little girl dynamic. Um which I have now with my boyfriend. Um, And there are other age play dynamics where those nurturing feelings can also take place that I've played with, like a schoolgirl and teacher dynamic, for example, um, which is a really potent one for me because I was a super precocious, mature kid throughout my entire childhood, and I always had crushes on teachers um, and, like, coaches and people older than me. And and had fantasies about, you know, seducing them or whatever. But of course I wasn't going to really do that because if that really happened, it would be a gross violation. And I knew that at the time, but there is something like empowering about being able to almost like reach back through time through my role plays and kinks and stuff and create this situation that couldn't exist at that time that I wouldn't have really wanted at that time, but that I was still fantasizing about at that time and create it now in a consensual context with people I trust um, it's, it's really, it just lights me up. This is my favorite type of submission. I don't think I could enjoy my sex life without some element of this somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. What's hot to you about age play? So like I kind of talked about earlier, one of the things I really like about age play is that kind of corruption of innocence. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is built in like the older cool kid at school or the older brother or what, someone who has a degree of power and a degree of respect from me um Mm -hmm. where like i trust them and i want to impress them like if it's the cool i do like the bully that is the cool older kid a lot and it's Mm -hmm. like all right well whatever you say if that's what i have to do to be popular you know Mm -hmm. uh that kind of thing uh where it's kind of coercive and also kind of manipulative um Mm -hmm in a way that I uh, find really interesting. I also, I tend to do uh, the teenage thing because the idea of puberty being this, like, uncontrollable sexual drive... Oh, yeah. Yeah, is super hot to me. Like, when I was was way younger, before I really knew 
kink things I used to think about. Um, like, a high school boyfriend who was like, oh, come on, let's try, let's try, can, can we just do a little bit more this time? Um, mm-hmm. Like, that kind of role play. And yeah. just that, like, driven by hormonal, uh, unrepressible sexual urge. Which, like, mm-hmm. as someone who's going through puberty again, that is a real thing. <laughs> It's kind of cool to, like, experience this thing I've fetishized for a while, but also, I don't have time to jerk off this much. (laughs) Like, I need to go about my life with something other than a magic wand in my pants, but here we are, I guess. (laughs) Hashtag testosterone problems. Yeah! (laughs) I also really like, uh kinks involving uncontrollable feelings or responses and I think that's part of what draws me to the daddy dom or the teacher thing is that because those dynamics in real life would be so inappropriate the only way they make sense in fantasy is if this person's desire for me is so strong that it overcomes their sense of social convention or decorum Um, and then usually in my fantasies, there's some element of like, we have to keep this a secret. We have to keep this just between us. Mm -hmm. And there's this sort of like power play thing because like, even though as the little girl, I'm submissive, I still know this secret about this person that could like get them fired or get them like put in jail, I guess. Like I never take my fantasies that far. I'm never like acting out like daddy Dom calling me from jail, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) yikes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is this this element of, like, power, and the power can shift. Like, I can be a dominant little girl. I enjoy playing with that sometimes. That's very fun. Yeah. I, uh, I also really enjoy, like, you talked about how, for you, it's always relatively nurturing. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I, I also didn't relate to that super cold, like, uh, almost sterile dominant that's, like, you know, squeezed into latex and stiletto heels and (laughs) gonna, like, torture you. Um, I always, although I am having some femdom feelings lately, and I assume (laughs) it's the testosterone, but woof. Um, (laughs) but also, um, I, I do like a little bit of humiliation and a little bit, which is why I think of it more as bullying. Um, there's a website called Girl Bullies, which is lighthearted female oh, domination. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I went, oh, yes, that. That is the thing. <laughs> um, where, like, I'll have, I'll do, like, the older school bully um, who will make fun of me for being gay while making me suck his dick. Mm-hmm. Um, or things like that, where, like, I can't let anyone find out that I'm into a faggot, like, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Where it's a lot of, like, humiliation stuff, but it's not, um, like, I mean, for some people that would be super intense. um, But for me, it's less scary than, like, someone telling me I'm worthless or that, like, you know, I'm a pig or things like that, where it gets... For me, more about my core identity than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my gayness is my core identity, but also I've, and I've been made fun of for it, and I've been bullied about it in high school, um, but I always kind of felt okay about it, 
like even mm-hmm. people made fun of me they'd be they'd call me gay or whatever and it'd be like yes ab- exactly yes correct <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it's kind of one of those things that i'm like y- yes that's true so like you can yell it at me as much as you want and it's true and it's a thing i feel mm-hmm. good about um right. in a way so i'm allowed i i'm allowed to play with most kinks um but i feel comfortable playing with it in this kind of lighthearted way because of that right totally yeah i think it's really interesting how age play can connect to some deep psychological stuff for a lot of people that for me doesn't necessarily come up when i'm doing more kind of physical kink acts like impact play or whatever Mm -hmm. um like, I was reflecting recently on how I think for me a daddy dom is not just a type of sexual partner, but actually a type of romantic partner, because I really don't think I can go into, like, the vulnerability of little space uh, unless it's with someone I really, really deeply trust. Because, like, not only am I acting kind of silly when I'm role-playing as a little girl, like, my voice gets different and I I just get really silly, but also, like, we are playing with some, like, very, like, profound elemental stuff for me. Um, like my need to be told that I'm a good girl and that I'm smart and clever and, uh, accomplished and precocious and whatever, that is like very old stuff from my childhood that's coming up and that we're invoking when we, when we play with that. And, um, I need to do that with someone who like understands the context of that and understands kind of my psychology more broadly. So it's not something I would want to delve into with a casual partner, like, there have been a few occasions where with a more casual partner I have I have suddenly experienced a craving to call them daddy and it's usually in a moment where uh, they're doing something very, very well. Like they're finger banging me very effectively or uh, they're like maybe cuddling me in a way that feels really warm and comforting. So I'm, I'm feeling this like, um, like heart connection to them even in a situation that maybe for them is only sexual. Um, but I've always kind of, like, avoided it because, like, it's it's so vulnerable and, like, also it's not something you should probably call someone without negotiating that with yeah. them first. Like, I'm, there are a lot of people who are really squicked out by that or it brings up shit for them. So, like, every time I've ever experienced that craving and, and wanted to follow through with it, I've always opened that conversation by kind of being like, hey, I'd like, I wanted to call you daddy the other night or, like, how would you feel about me calling you daddy? And then, like, I have an open dialogue about it because, like, yeah, I'm not going to assume that everybody's into the same shit I'm into just because it feels very, very core and important to me. Like, I, I can't put that in other people without checking first. Yeah, for me, I think, like, when I was at Dark Odyssey recently, they had these rainbow wristbands that a group of people were handing out. And if you were wearing a wristband, uh, you were consenting to be bullied by this group that was going to, like, um, parade around camp and pick on people. Um, Mm -hmm. and whenever you had the wristband on, you were consenting to be bullied a little bit by these guys and teased and kind of pushed around. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, I was super into that. That's the kind of age play that I could totally do with like pickup play with partners and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. for me, a, any kind of dynamic that lasts beyond like a pickup scene like that, um, especially if it has, um pieces where I feel little or submissive in that kind of way, in this, like, really Mm -hmm. vulnerable, trusting sort of way, has to be, like, someone I care a whole lot about and really, really trust 
like in the rest of our relationship too um because that's that's where i get the real vulnerability is that kind of corruption of innocence kind of scenes and any kind of mm-hmm. uh longer term dynamic i i really need to feel really connected with someone to be okay with that as well yeah yeah i had a really really devastating breakup last year uh and it was with my first ever daddy dom um and like the relationship didn't last that long and so like the my reaction to the breakup was like kind of i think disproportionate to what actually happened i just felt like crushed by it for so long like almost for like longer than the relationship actually lasted and i think what happened there was like it was the very, very sudden dissolution of uh, a DDLG relationship, which for me is like very, very intimate and vulnerable. And there was no like aftercare or like come down from that dynamic at all. Like when he broke up with me, he was like, we can talk about this. Like, I still care about you. And if you want to talk about this, we can. But like, you know, I didn't really want to do that. That felt like crawling back to this person who had like deeply hurt me. So it was kind of like I just got like dropped out of this dynamic very, very quickly and still for a long time after that kind of was thinking of him as my daddy in some ways, which for me, as I said, is like more of an emotional role than a sexual one. And um, and I think in retrospect, that's why I was so devastated by it. And it's made me think a lot about like, do relationships need aftercare? Like, I don't know. I don't even know what that would look like. Um, but it's something I have thought a lot about since then because I like we don't talk about that and it's so hard to like exit a DS dynamic and yeah there's a lot yeah there. I uh I definitely pre-negotiated my breakup my most recent breakup as a part of our relationship um mm-hmm, we which is super super smart yeah we we have we had talked about what aftercare would look like and what any continuation of our relationship would look like beyond the end of that um, mm-hmm. And we've stuck to a lot of what we've talked about. Um, but yeah, I think it's still especially hard when a power dynamic like that is involved. Um, and I mean, I suppose in any relationship, there is a level of like trust and reliance on each other. Um, mm-hmm. But that feels weighted and, exa- and exaggerated in a kink dynamic in a way that I don't know that it is in other relationships, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people who have had a really hard time at the end of kink dynamics, and I definitely think that that kind of relationship aftercare is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if, and that's the easier to negotiate prior to a breakup than after, um, definitely, I think. Um, And no one wants to think about what happens when this relationship ends, like, in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. Um, but my most recent breakup has had more support than any other breakup I've gone through. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that was super valuable because it's also one of the hardest I've ever gone through. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah. Big questions. Big things to think about. I thought we were supposed to get lighter. We were supposed to <laughs> we discuss this. We were going to talk about all the hot sex stuff in role play. That was the plan. This is what we were doing. You promised me. (laughs) Okay, okay. So here's the thing I've noticed about myself with, like, the DDLG stuff is, like, whenever I look up things about the DDLG community and other people who are into this kink, I really don't connect with a lot of it because a lot of it is... um, The, the, quote, little girls in these dynamics are often into things like um, stuffed animals 
and like pacifiers and um, clothing that maybe looks a little uh, literal, uh, like little girl type clothing. And I just don't really connect with that so much. I think because my kind of little girl persona is more of a like 12 to 14 year old sort of like precocious brat. I usually think of sort of like Veruca Salt, but maybe more of a good girl type than that. Yeah. Um, And personally for me, when I was like 12 to 14, I was very resistant to all those like childlike things. Like I thought of myself as very, very mature and grown up and like even like sexually precocious. Um, So I think I I don't connect with those things so much. It's, It's just it's been hard for me sometimes to find media related to DDLG that I actually relate to even though I think overarchingly our motivations for being in, interested in these kinks are often similar. Like, I, I don't connect with a lot of this stuff, and so that's part of why I write about my DDLG stuff is because hopefully I'm, like, providing some helpful, like, media models for people who are maybe into it in the same way that I'm into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people think of... Uh, any sort of age play as ABDL, which is adult baby diaper lover, which is totally a thing and not mm-hmm. my age play. Um, and those two things can happen separately. Like you can have adult babies who don't do diapers and vice versa. Um, but you can also mm-hmm. age play as a ton of other ages. Um, yeah. And I think both of us are, are more uh, a little bit older. I tend to, I think, be more high school age. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, and I also did that kind of being a very grown up 12 to 14 year old. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then I got older and remembered all of the things from when I was a kid were great, like Pokemon and Disney movies. Um, Right. So I had this little span where I was like, I'm too old for that shit. And now I'm 25 (laughs) and I'm like, I got to get my Charmander to 99. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the kind of like age regression piece of age play has been really interesting for me to play with because like as someone who was really precocious and like really mature when I was younger um to some extent I think I didn't allow myself to experience childhood in its totality uh like back then I was very much like I am a grown-up I don't need you to take care of me and now I'm like a grown-up and I'm like I do I need you to take care of me (laughs) so like it's kind of a nice way to like revisit these comforts that I for whatever reason like didn't always allow myself to access when I was actually that young and do it in a context with someone who um like daddy doms uh typically they they are in that because they enjoy that caretaking aspect um, in ways that maybe literal parents don't always, uh, you know, get that much enjoyment out of, like, having to take care of this person. Like, um, when my daddy dom, like, buys me drinks or, um, like, tucks me in or, you know, like, does, like, nice sexy things for me, like, all of those things he enjoys giving that to me and that kind of like caretaking aspect of it so it's like it's very nice to be able to do those things with someone who is into doing those things which might not always be the case in a more literal parent-child dynamic yeah I think for me it's age play is less about those caretaking roles like sometimes it is nice to have someone like uh want to do things for me if I'm in a little space and like take care of me uh Mm -hmm. but more often than not it's uh about them kind of taking advantage of my innocence and uh Mm. corrupting that and teaching me all of these things um so i think caretaking 
can be a thing for me, but I think it's more secondary, uh, and age play is more sexual for me than mm-hmm. um, than it is, and I think the way your DDLG plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one more thing it's just occurred to me that I really like about DDLG. I've never really thought about it in exactly these terms before, but I think I like it partly for the same reasons I like drunk sex or high sex, um, which of course are consent problematic unless you've like pre-negotiated and you trust the person, whatever. But, yeah. um, I think that when I am with a person who knows fully that I'm like going into quote little space and that I'm going to be kind of being a little girl in this scene, um, I can relax into my silliness a lot more. Mm. Um, and I can be kind of a goofy weirdo who like maybe doesn't quite make sense or doesn't quite know how to take care of herself. Um, and usually with daddy doms, like that's kind of what they're into. Like they, they want that sort of like slightly nonsensical giggliness about me and they, they enjoy that. Um, and, uh, and so it's like permission to be kind of goofy in a way that like really helps me relax into the scene. Like I don't feel like I have to play a character, even though I am literally playing a character because really it's just this like very regressed, relaxed version of myself and it it helps a lot with my inhibitions and whatnot. See, I think that's super fascinating because there is also an overlap for me with um, why I with my feelings around like drunk or high sex, which are more like playing with that stuff because it makes me vulnerable again. Um, right. In the same way that age play stuff makes me vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like I'm. I'm talking about some taboo shit that is fucked up if it's real. Um, yeah, but totally. But in this, like, role play, I like the idea of being vulnerable and corruptible. Um, and I think weed brings that out of me. And also, weed really turns me on in the way that, like, prepubescent testosterone-fueled uh, arousal is also a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think... The origins of both of those kinks are very similar. Um, mm-hmm. They just manifest in slightly different ways, uh, and that had never occurred to me before. That's super cool, though. Yeah, that's so interesting. It reminds me of that theory that some people have about why rape fantasies are so prevalent, which is the theory that because we live in a culture that's so like full of sexual shame that tells us that we shouldn't like want or pursue sex... Um, there's something hot and like in a way empowering about someone wanting you so much that they like quote take sex from you yeah because like you don't you're not making that decision you don't have agency in that decision so it's like it can't be your fault um and i think there is something to that for me with the age play stuff as well as it's like i'm being overpowered within the scene but in some ways it's giving me power uh me as me not as as the little girl because like uh, I don't have to worry about all the the sexual shaming messages that tell me I'm not supposed to want or pursue sex. Like I can just like set those aside because they're not they're not relevant in the scene. <laughs> yeah, I think for me because I'm into this more coercive role play than actually like a mm-hmm. ravishment or a rape scene um, mm-hmm. is almost that intellectual grappling instead of the physical, right? I'm not trying to fight someone off, I'm trying to outthink them, and I'm losing. Mm. Um, And that's really hot to me, the idea that someone is just so much smarter than me that they can kind of manipulate me in these ways. 
um, and I'm still trying as hard as I can, and they're still winning. Um, it's just <laughs> in a psychological way instead of in a physical way. Although I'm also into the physical way, someone come wrestle me, I'll win, but, like, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. Um, you talked mm-hmm. a little bit about Veruca salting and, like, topping from the bottom in that <laughs> way. Um, I'm curious yeah. what that looks like. If you would ever uh, be a top in that, like, a mommy or a daddy... Um, or if you'd ever play with another bottom where you were both littles. Interesting. Yeah, I think I would only want to be a, a little with another little if there was like a dom somewhere in the mix. Because uh, for me, mostly what's exciting about those dynamics is the is the imbalance of power. So like, if we're both basically equally powerful, then I don't think that would hold any appeal for me. Like I think the only way I could see that working really is if one of us is maybe like an older sibling and has a little bit more power in that situation. Um, but it's interesting you say about like being a top because I actually, I had a male partner briefly last year who was really submissive to me and I would fantasize about that sometimes like being dominant isn't really a hot thing for me. Um, almost never. So like I wasn't fantasizing about it a lot really, but like, at one point I was having this fantasy about him where he was like serving me by finger banging me until I came. And in, in my fantasy, I said to him something like, Oh yeah, you're going to make mommy come. And I like, this was like so new and felt so taboo and unfamiliar and weird to me that I almost like lost my boner. Like I was like, ah, like I, how do I feel about that? And like, I didn't want to tell him about it. I didn't even want to tell like anyone that I had like thought about this. Cause it's just felt like really like new and weird to me. And I was like, ah, like, what does this mean? Um, cause I don't really think I'm a mommy dom. Like it's not something I really think about, but I think what actually happened there was like, my brain is so used to the the DDLG dynamic as like the hot thing that it did the only thing it could do when the the genders were reversed and it kind of just made it into the, the gender reverse mirror image of that dynamic. Yeah. Um, which makes perfect sense, I guess. But like, uh, yeah, I I don't know that I know how to be a mean dog. (laughs) (laughs) I got to work on that, I think. And I don't, I don't think I would want to be a mommy dom in like a real scene like that. I think that that would, uh, make me deeply uncomfortable in a, in a not fun way. But maybe that's just because it's still so new to me that I haven't had time to kind of wade through that taboo. I don't know. Kink is weird like that. Did I tell what you, do you think? did I tell you when I was still figuring out gender stuff, uh, I did a mommy dom scene. Yeah, yeah. And you said it was like pre-negotiated, which like surprises me that, that you would say yes to that. But like, how did you feel about that when that happened? Uh, kind of good. Like I was kind of into it actually. Um, So what I was into it was that the person I was playing with was telling me all about, uh, the people that he was into and, like, the girls that have been teasing him and Mm. what that's like and was telling me these stories as a mommy. Um, so, like, I- the nurturing feeling was okay because I do, like- I would be down for daddy dom stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and I like taking care of people and nurturing them and knowing what they need. Um, Mm -hmm. and being able to see situations where I can support them in new and interesting ways. Um, 
so I like was kind of okay with that and uh what was hot to me was just hearing him describe these other scenarios and I was like those are my things um (laughs) so we're like tangentially related to the things I'm into um Mm -hmm. but then this was this person's like capital T thing uh and I like did it once and I was like this is fun and then the sec and then like he wanted to do it more and I was like eh (laughs) we can like it was cool once or twice but it would not be like my long term play um yeah but as for playing with other littles I think I would do the same kind of thing you were talking about where there still needs to be some sort of power dynamic but I actually prefer that over this huge discrepancy of like a grown up and a teenager versus like two relatively close in age but like high school social tiers different or like Mm. that kind of power dynamic um, I really enjoy playing with but I think going like really wide age the wider the age difference gets the more taboo it feels for me and yeah occasionally i play with it um but other times it's a little edgier or a little different from what i'm into i it feels a little darker whereas closer age ranges feels a little more lighthearted to me and like sometimes dark mm-hmm. is hot um but <laughs> not all the time for me hmm yeah, I, I've heard of, like, local kink groups and stuff putting on events for age play kinksters that are meant to be non-sexual, and they might be things like littles hanging out in little space and, like, coloring and coloring books together or, like, playing pretend or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that actually appeals to me more than the idea of, like, doing a scene with another little because little space for me is, like, a soothing, happy mental state if I feel safe and... Um, no, I can trust the people I'm with. Uh, so I could see enjoying that, but like, yeah, without the power exchange part, it's not hot to me. It might be fun, but it's, it's not hot. Yeah, there is, um, a party in New York City called Inferno, which is a party Mm -hmm. for, uh, cis and trans gay men. Um, Mm -hmm. and they've started expanding, which I'm really excited about, and having other parties. So Inferno happens Mm -hmm. about once a month, and then they have Welts, which is a spanking-specific party. Um, Mm -hmm. and they've done a couple of others, but one they've recently launched, I think they've only done two or three, is called Family Reunion. And it's Mm -hmm. a bespoke, uh, incest age play roleplay. So you fill mm-hmm. out this form and send them your fantasy and they pair you up with people and set up like group things. <laughs> and there's no pressure to do specific scenes, but there are like structured things that happen throughout the night. And then there's other areas for free play. Um, mm-hmm. And they just create this fantasy built around all of the participants fantasies that they submitted. And I don't <laughs> know that it would be hot to me because I don't know who would be involved, and I'm actually really finicky about who I'm very attracted to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, like, I I think the odds of me being super attracted to someone there and having that be the someone that I'm playing with are pretty low, but it's a super yeah. fascinating idea for me, and I want to go and, like, experience it, and because um, I think it would be a really, really interesting experience to have under your belt. But I don't have $50, so I have to wait until next month. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's pricey. Yeah, the age play, like, and other forms of role play often like, give me joy that is similar to the joy I used to experience from doing improv, which is just kind of, like, the collaborative, creative joy of, like, weaving a story with another person. Um, to the point that sometimes I'm kind of more focused on that and, like, forget to get turned on. <laughs> like, it's just, like, when you're playing with someone who's, like, good at that type of sort of improvisation, it can be really, really fun and you get swept up in the story. Um, but like we often say on this show, like, kink and sex can be, like, grown-up playtime and I don't think it's, like, any less valid if you're, like, having fun, even if it's not, like, explicitly sexual fun. Like, you're, you're exploring a part of your psyche that maybe you don't have access to otherwise and um, it's fun. And that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. Uh, this is really fun. And this is a meaty topic that I love to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, can come back to this and talk about it more another time. I really enjoyed this episode. Oh, but I feel like there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, I want to do so much more schoolgirl teacher role play and then talk about that a lot more. Yes. Uh, I have a lot of feelings about that. <laughs> I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. I'd love if you would follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where's your stuff? My name is Bex. You can find me at Bex Talk Sex on Twitter and Instagram and all of my writing at BexTalkSex.com. Together, we're the Dildorks. You can find us at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at TheDildorks.com. You can also find us by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. If you didn't do that, I'm not entirely sure why you got he- how you got here. But, like, that's fine. <laughs> Go search us anyway and rate and review us while you're there. Um, it makes us easier to find for other people, although this is a hell of an episode for people to start on. Uh, if you want to, <laughs> yep, yikes. if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash the dildorks, throw a couple of bucks our way and it helps us keep doing what we're doing uh, and helps me p- pay for all my surprise first of the month bills. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Protodome for letting us use his song. I want you in my bedroom as our theme song. You can find all of his music at protodome.bandcamp.com. And our art was done by the lovely Amy, who is at Starboots underscore on Twitter. Uh, I'd also love if you could come see us at the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit at the start of August this year. We're doing a live recording of our show. It's going to be rad as hell. That is at sexualfreedomsummit.org. Thank you so much to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Oh, my voice is gonna be so fucked. That's alright, you'll sound like sultry or something. I'll sound like a little girl, so it's. Yeah, so it's fine. Okay. 